Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. I'm going to have to have a talk with the worship team uh, after service. How you guys going to choke me up and then we get up here to do center of prayer? The timing was off. We're going to have to fight, but it's all right. (laughs) I want to do something a little different today. Before we even start centering prayer, if I may ask you to please close your eyes. Because this moment isn't about anyone else or anything else. It's not about me on this stage. My intention is to be a vessel for God to speak to you intimately, individually, personally. And just by a show of your hand, who in here wishes they could deal with a little bit of less stress during the week. Who in here would like to deal with a little bit less anxiety? Who in here would like to not just come to church and hear about God, but experience Him? We don't come here to do church. This isn't about a building. This is about an experience. (sighs) If he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, Will he not clothe you? And I don't know about you, but I want to be clothed in the spirit. Not just to feel good, not just to avoid pain, but to experience abundance abundance of joy abundance of connection abundance of love abundance of life because I don't believe that God brought us here to survive he brought us here to live and I merely ask that we consider entering into this centering prayer with that intention and that intensity to say to the Lord, Lord, 
I'm desiring abundance in my spirit. And so I'd like to experience you here, Lord. If you haven't already done so, I ask that you get comfortable. This is all about you. You're noticing how intensely you're feeling your body. You feel your heartbeat. How miraculous that is. You feel your blood flowing through your veins. You feel your breath filling your lungs. Just allow yourself to focus on your breath as it goes in. As you continue to focus on your breath, let go of everything else. If you can do but this one thing completely, if you can breathe with your full awareness, your full intention, I dare you to do it watch God enliven your spirit. You are just the observer in this space. <laughs> Free from all responsibility. thoughts appear, they're not your responsibility. If sensations appear, they're not your responsibility. Just observe them. Muscles relax. Your shoulders loosening. Your tension leaving. And each time that you hear my voice, it's bringing you deeper.
next time that I say the word now, you're going to sink 10 times deeper into the peace and relaxation you're feeling. And that will happen now. This calm you feel is not a trick. It's not psychology. It is the manifestation of grace. Allow yourself to listen to what grace has to say to you in this moment. that he has towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. You are safe. You're safe in his arms. abundant in his arms. Nothing can cut you off from the riches of your father except the belief that you are cut off from the riches of your father. safe, you are abundant, and you are free. Receive that. And even if you reject it, you gotta receive it because he gave it to you. He's just that loving of a God. As one body, as one spirit, let us collectively breathe this in together. Now 
as gently as you would hold a baby. Bring your awareness back into your body, gently. You deserve to be handled gently. In your own time, you can open your eyes. Thank you, Harway. What a good, good way to start our Sunday morning. How's everybody feeling? Good, relaxed, hopefully open, ready, receptive. I want to speak with you today about the wisdom way of knowing. The wisdom way of knowing. And I'm not uh, creative enough to make up that title. I took it from a book. But I like the title of it because there are different ways of knowing. And the wisdom way of knowing can provide so many benefits for you in your day-to-day life. There's a story in the Hebrew scriptures about a man by the name of Solomon. Solomon was the king of Israel. He was the son of King David, who is a popular figure in uh, the scriptures. And Solomon one day had a dream. And in this dream, God appears to Solomon and he says, you can ask me for anything it is that you want and whatever it is that you ask me for, I will give it to you. Now, what would you ask for if God showed up in a dream and said, hey, Gabby, you can have anything you want. Would you ask for a yoga studio? Maybe. What would you ask for, bro? I don't know. But we would ask, some of us, who knows what we would ask for, right? Of all the things Solomon could have asked for, riches and wealth and land and property and possessions, Solomon asked for wisdom. And the scriptures say that God was so pleased with Solomon. You can see the scripture up here. God was so pleased with Solomon that not only did he make him the wisest man to ever live, But he also gave to him all of the stuff that he did not ask for, the wealth and the riches and the land and the property and the possessions. He gave him what he asked for and even more because God was so happy that his heart was in the right place. And all he wanted to do was rule the land well, lead the people well. And so he asked for wisdom. And the whole point of this story is that in asking for wisdom, Solomon was asking for true wealth. Wisdom is true wealth. Wisdom is true riches. What if instead of always asking God for more stuff, more materialistic things, more success, more money, more accomplishments, what if we ask God for more wisdom? That is a prayer. I think that can have long-lasting effects on your life. And not only will that impact your life, but also will impact all of the people around you as well. This is why the scripture speaks so highly of wisdom. Look at what it says in the book of Proverbs. And, I mean, there are a ton of scriptures where these came from. 
Proverbs chapter 8, verses 11 and 12 says, Wisdom is better than pearls, and nothing you could ever desire compares with her. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. And whatever else you get in life, whatever else you go after, make sure you go after wisdom and understanding. Because if you have that, you have everything you need and more. In the New Testament, Jesus is described as the wisdom of God. Jesus is the embodiment of God's wisdom. Jesus is what God's wisdom looks like in and through a human life. And so in the Gospel of Luke, the scriptures say that Jesus grew in wisdom and maturity throughout his life, gaining favor both with God and with people. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is sharing some words with a crowd. And after he finishes speaking, these people are so astonished at the words that they're hearing this man speak because he's not just regurgitating information that he heard from somewhere else. This is something new and, and creative and different, and it's piercing the soul of those who are listening. And they ask him, where did you get this wisdom? And they looked at each other and said, where did this man get this wisdom? And you see, that's the thing about wisdom. You don't get wisdom. Wisdom is, is given to you. It's a gift. And the best way that I know how to describe wisdom is with the phrase clarity of mind. To be wise is to have clarity of mind. When your mind is clear, you are able to perceive things that otherwise you would not be able to perceive. When your mind is cluttered by ego, by opinions, by judgments, by expectations that you place onto life. We put so much trust in our thinking as human beings, not recognizing that most of our thinking is conditioned thinking. There are very few human beings who think originally, who think creatively, who think for themselves. Most of us think in a way that has been conditioned by our society, by our family, by our upbringing, by our culture, by the education we've had, by our religious background. And so our minds are programmed by the world around us. And we, and we live like robots. The path to wisdom is about deprogramming ourselves from our conditioned thinking so that we can look out at life through our own eyes and not anybody else's eyes. And there is a world of difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge comes from words. Knowledge depends on words and concepts. Wisdom comes from lived experience. So you can become knowledgeable by being a student, going to the library. Shoot, nowadays, if you just have Google or YouTube, you can be very knowledgeable, or you can go to school and take that path, and you can get the highest degrees possible. You can read a bunch of books, watch a bunch of videos, take a bunch of courses, and be knowledgeable. But that's not the way to get to wisdom. Wisdom only comes by getting in touch with your heart. And it has very little to do with logic, almost nothing to do with logic. Knowledge depends on logic, but wisdom is about love, living in love, walking in love, seeing through the eyes of love. And love is about understanding. First and foremost, it's understanding yourself, knowing yourself. 
Some of you may be thinking, all right, I want to get wise. I want to get closer to God. What book should I read? Read the book of you. Really, that is the most important book that you can ever read. It's the book of you. Study yourself. Know yourself. The ancient Greeks used to have three maxims that they would inscribe on their temples. And this was like their wisdom to live by. The first one is know thyself. When you know yourself, you know the world. When you know yourself, you know everything. Study yourself. That is enough for you to arrive at wisdom. All it takes is observing yourself from a place of neutrality, not judging yourself for being the way that you are, not beating yourself up, not trying to force yourself to be someone different. Just watch yourself. Observe yourself. Study yourself. Get to know yourself and how you are wired and what is behind your behaviors and actions and the thoughts that you think and what it is that drives you as a human being and where all of that arises and comes from. If you study yourself, you will arrive at wisdom because knowledge comes from the outside. Wisdom only comes from within. Knowledge is borrowed truth. Wisdom is truth that you arrive at for yourself from within yourself. It is your own insight into life. It is your own insight into existence based on your experience. It's not about getting a lot of information in your head. It's about living through life, experiencing some things, and knowing, knowing who you are. And knowing what life is as a result of being attentive to what life is trying to teach you. And when you arrive at wisdom, now you're able to see things from a much wider and vaster vantage point. You're able to see things from all different angles. You're not just holding on to your side and your viewpoint. The wise ones are able to also see things from the completely opposite vantage point. They're willing to go places where most people aren't willing to go. I remember there was a time when I was very much in my religiosity and I had my beliefs down and this is what was the truth. There were certain books, I didn't even want to touch them. I don't even want to go there. I'm not even going to read it because if it challenges the way that I think, if it, if it challenges my beliefs, that's going to produce some insecurity in me. So I'd rather not even engage with it at all. Wise people, they're not holding on to their side. They're also able to go to the other side and see the validity and value of that side too. And because they're not holding on to either side, they transcend both sides. And that's why they can see. They can see things that other people can't see because they're stuck in their viewpoints. There's this uh, wonderful story about a young man who found a monk who was the wisest person in the village and he wanted to study with him and learn from him and attain some of the wisdom that he had. And so he walks up to this monk and he says, would you teach me? And the monk tried to uh, dissuade him from following him, but this young man was persistent. He said, all right, fine, come with me to my house. He takes him to the house and he says, before we start your training, this is what I need you to do. Go to the kitchen and fix this kettle that's broken. And so the young man starts getting to work. The monk leaves, and he starts fixing it. After about an hour, he gets the job done, and he says, all right, I think I fixed it. I think the monk is going to like it. So he goes and finds the monk, and he says, hey, what do you think about this? 
did you like the job that I did? And the monk looks at it, he says, no good. Try again. So this guy now starts feeling really insecure. He's like, man, I, I must not be seeing something. Where did I make a mistake? How are you going to say that this is still broken and needs to be fixed? So he gets back at it. He, he spends now two hours trying to work on the kettle, trying to figure out where he went wrong. After he finishes, he goes to find the monk and he says, hey, what do you think about it now? Monk looks and he says, no, no good. Try again. And so he's, now he's, he's, he's like, wait, this monk may, may be seeing something that I don't see. I don't, I don't get it. Let me, let me try a little harder. Let me, let me work on this a little longer. He does it again, goes to get the monk, same thing. Sorry, no good, try again. This happens a fourth time, a fifth time, a sixth time, a seventh time, an eighth time, a ninth time. By the tenth time, this young man is so angry. He is so frustrated. He said, you know what, that's it. This is the last time that I'm fixing this kettle. And he said, just to play it safe, I'm going to fix the whole kitchen. So he, he tears apart the whole kitchen, fixes the whole thing, replaces all the cabinets, and he fixes the kettle again. But this time, instead of going to the monk and asking him what he thought about the kettle, he just called him over and said, hey, it's done. It's finished. And I'm done. This is, this is finished. It's complete. And the monk looks at him and said, now your training's finished. When he saw his confidence and his assurance, he said, okay, now we can start training you. See, that whole time he was testing his mind because that young man, like so many of us, was looking for outside approval in order to feel secure about himself and the work that he was doing. But wisdom does not come from the outside. Wisdom comes from within. And when you arrive at wisdom from the inside, there's no question about it. And so what this monk was doing was teaching this young man how to trust in that inner wisdom, that voice of the spirit within, to rely on himself and to not depend on external authorities. Wisdom doesn't come from the outside. It comes from within. So we don't need outside approval to walk in it securely and confidently. And again, it's not an intellectual thing. Wisdom is an intuitive thing. It's an intuitive thing because you can have a, not, a lot of knowledge and still be a fool. Really, in fact, the more knowledge you have, the more foolish you probably are because you've deluded yourself into thinking that you're not a fool. Because the first rule of wisdom is if you think you're wise, you're a fool. So you can have a whole lot of knowledge and still be very ignorant and still be very foolish. You can't depend on your rational capabilities all the time. Wisdom is about understanding the limitations of your rational capabilities. And because you understand the limitation of your rational capability, you're able to rise above your conditioned ways of thinking and interpreting life. And so you're able to see new potentialities, new possibilities. You don't rush to judgment. You don't rush to interpret certain things. And so... Why is this important? Because wisdom and peace of mind go hand in hand. If you have one, you have the other. And how good would it be to live our lives with clarity of mind, with peace of mind? When your mind is at peace, you're not at war with life. You're not fighting with anyone. You're not fighting about anything. You're not arguing to try and prove a point anymore. 
You're not interested in being correct. You're simply interested in being connected. If you're holding on to anger, if you're holding on to bitterness, if you're holding on to jealousy, if you are against someone or something, you're not seeing clearly in that moment. It's almost impossible for you to walk wisely when your feelings take over in that way. Because now your perception is being muddled by ego. And the ego can never give you clarity. Only the heart gives you clarity. So wisdom is about learning how to let love override your reasoning. That's how you learn discernment. That's how you learn humility. That's how you learn patience over time. So here's the thing about wisdom. The primary way to get to wisdom, and this is, this is the paradox of it. The primary way to get to wisdom is through foolishness. The wisest people are just fools who got tired of their foolishness. So religion, moralism will tell you, don't be a fool because it's bad. You shouldn't do it. It's wrong. But I say you can't help but be a fool. You already are a fool. So you might as well accept yourself that way. Now you have a chance to actually learn from the way you are because you won't be spending all of your time shaming yourself for being the way that you are. So if you want wisdom, you have to give yourself the room to fall, to stumble, to fail, to get it wrong, to go off track. Give yourself that permission to be totally and completely human. It's like a quote that I read a long time ago that said, good decisions come from experience. And experience comes from making bad decisions. Good decisions come from experience. Experience comes from bad decisions. So we, you got to let yourself make some bad decisions. If you're afraid of making bad decisions, then you end up making no decisions. And making no decisions is already a bad decision in and of itself. Just live. Just live your life. Be free. Life will correct you. And when consequences hurt enough, that's if you're wise or if you're on your way to wisdom, that's your sign. Okay, I'm not going to keep going down this road. Let me go back to the drawing board and rethink some things. You're paying attention to life. Look at what uh, this one Chinese philosopher, Confucius, said. By three methods, we may learn wisdom. First, by reflection, which is the noblest. Second, by imitation, which is the easiest. Third is by experience, which is the bitterest. It's the bitterest, but it's also the most effective. Because once you've been down a certain road, and you know that it's a dead end, and you know that it leads nowhere, if you accept that fact, well, now you've got wisdom. But you had to go down that path yourself. It was like somebody on TikTok that I saw the other day who was like, everybody says money doesn't give you happiness. Really? Well, why don't you give me your money and let me find out for myself? That's what he was saying. He's like, oh, yeah, money doesn't make you happy. Give me your money and let me find out for myself. It's, it's funny. But the reality of it is that's how a lot of us are. In this person's case, he really genuinely believes money will give him happiness. And so he has to get some money to find out for himself that money will not give him happiness. Until then, he's going to believe the illusion 
that money will give to him happiness. And he's going to be unhappy all the way to his unhappiness when he has his money. So you have to go down the path yourself. You got to go on your own journey. Even if other people don't understand it, even if other people judge you for it, you've got to go down your own path because your own path is where your wisdom is going to be found. This is why the most important thing of all is to simply be true to yourself. Be true to yourself at all costs, no matter what. And yes, being true to yourself may create some painful consequences in your life, but it'll be more painful for you if you aren't true to yourself. Being authentic, okay, may cause you to have to go down a hard road in life, but it'll be harder for you if you didn't go down that road. So just go down the path that you need to go, regardless of what other people say, even if it seems foolish. Accepting that you are a fool is wise. Go be foolish. And trust that there will be wisdom for you every step of the way. Now, you don't have to go down this path. I'm just talking to, number one, a very stubborn person here. And I'm imagining that there's others of us in this room that are stubborn. And we only can learn the hard way. But remember, you can learn, like that quote said, from reflection. That's the noblest way. For me as a, as a pastor, I hear so many stories all the time. I'm around people who tell me so many things about their life and their decisions and where that has led them. I've been able to learn a little bit reflecting on that so that I don't have to go down that same path myself. But not everybody has that opportunity to learn from other people's life experiences. Or you can learn from imitation. But guess what? Not a lot of us have examples in our life of people that we can imitate and follow. We just don't have that. We have Jesus. That's good. That's a good start. But most of us don't have something flesh and blood, an example to follow. So we're left with experience. We just got to take the plunge, live our lives, not be afraid of failing and stumbling and falling. Trusting that God will always catch us, that there will be wisdom for us there every step of the way. Wisdom comes from observing life without judgment. That's it. It's meeting life without your interpretations, letting things be. When you let things be, when you don't rush to interpret things, when you don't rush to make judgments, you simply become an observer Wisdom begins to arise naturally on its own from within you. You see things that you were not able to see before when you were locked into certain judgments and interpretations towards life. One last thing I want to say about wisdom, and that's this. The wiser you become, the less you know. The wiser you become, the less you know. One philosopher by the name of Socrates went as far as saying, the only wisdom is knowing that you know nothing. This is why the scriptures constantly repeat this theme of wisdom coupled with silence. Wise people don't say much. Wise people remain quiet. It's our words and our carelessness with our words that gets us into so much trouble. 
Wise people don't have many opinions about others. They stay quiet. Look at what the scriptures say. It is foolish to speak scornfully of others. If you are wise, you will keep quiet. Why? Because what is it that you can know with certainty about other people and their life situation? You may have very strong opinions about other people and their behavior and their actions and their life choices, but all of those opinions are being spoken by someone who has a very limited viewpoint of what the situation is. You don't know the whole story. You don't know what's going on beneath the surface at all. And all of your observations that you're so arrogant about are based off of assumptions you're making that you don't even know are true. So it's better not to make any assumptions at all. It's better just to stay quiet. Because the moment you think you have another person figured out is the moment you have disconnected yourself from them. When you think you know somebody and what their situation is and you've been able to figure the whole thing out, from your very limited perspective over here, you've only seen a slice of the pie. When you think you know somebody like that, you stop becoming curious about them. And when you're no longer curious about people, now you place them inside of a box of expectations that now prevents you from seeing who they actually are. Now you can only see them through that filter that you've put over your eyes. And any little thing that they do is now going to be evidence for you that your interpretation of them is right and true when it's not. How can we ever say that we have figured someone else out when you haven't even figured yourself out? <laughs> you haven't even figured yourself out, but we know other people's situations. Oh, that person is so rude. That person is selfish. That person only cares about themselves. Oh, this person, this, that, or the other. You don't even know yourself. How can you claim to know another person? Better to just stay quiet. Plus, here's the other thing. Anything that you tell another person, they have another person that they tell everything to. And that person also has another person that they tell everything to. So whatever comes out of your mouth is public knowledge. <laughs> That's how I live my life. Really. I don't say anything unless I am willing that whatever it is that I say will be heard by everyone. Because eventually it will. Even worse, we play the telephone game as human beings. So by the time it gets to the 10th person, what you said got twisted into something else. So you, you've experienced enough of this. You've seen enough of this. You've experienced enough drama from all of this. You just stay quiet. Why do you, what, what does your opinion really matter? Why? It doesn't matter. I don't have to voice my opinion. It would be better if we just kept our opinions to ourselves. I mean, if you really have a strong opinion about something, say it. But, I mean, you're going to have to deal with the after effect of it. And, again, your opinion that you're so certain about may not even be true. It's probably not true because the things we judge others for are the things that we are blinded to within ourselves. What we judge other people for is what we are blinded to within ourselves. And so when we speak harshly or scornfully of others, we're really just projecting our stuff onto them. And we may see some things accurately there, but because we're, we're not coming from a place of love, it's incomplete. 
It's not the full picture. And it's actually saying a lot more about us as human beings than the person it is that we're describing. So when it comes to other people and their life and their decisions and their behavior and their motives and their agenda and what they wear and what they said and where they went and who they're dating and this and that or the other, I am willfully ignorant. Willfully ignorant and I rather keep it that way. Because that now keeps me open, it keeps me attentive, it keeps me balanced, and in that state, wisdom can now begin to flow. And I can remain connected to other people even if they're not connected to me or themselves. If you're operating from fear, there's no wisdom there. When you're operating from love, there's a lot of wisdom there. So here's a, a basic step one for us as we wrap up. If you want wisdom, a basic step one is just this passage of scripture right here. And this brings it full circle to the story of Solomon. James chapter 1 verse 5. If any of you need wisdom, just ask God and it will be given to you. God gives generously and graciously to all. That's it. Make that your primary prayer. Make that the most important prayer of your life. My prayer for Hardway is not, God, I pray that we would get bigger. Oh, I pray that there would be so many more people. I pray that we could expand. I pray that we can start more, you know, Hardway communities. That's cool, whatever. Maybe it'll happen, maybe not. Just, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom, that's it. Give me wisdom. If I have wisdom, I, I have attained the ultimate. That is what is supreme. It is wisdom. And to live wisely is to live in, in, in harmony with life, to see life as it really is. To be wise is to see God's hand in and through everything. And that is something worth pursuing. That is something worth going after. And all it, it, it begins with is an open heart. Just open your heart. Ask God for this wisdom. God gives generously and graciously to all. Your prayer will be answered. Life will be your answer. Your circumstances will be your answer. Your pain and your suffering will be your answer. Those are the channels through which God is going to bring wisdom to you. I've said this quote a million times. I'll say it again. God comes to you disguised as the form of your life. God comes to you disguised as the form of your life. God, where are you? I can't hear you. I can't see you. Or are we asking God for a sign? God, give me a sign. If that's you, if you don't want me to be with this girl, make sure she never texts me back. <laughs> you know, we play those games with God, right? If you don't, God, if you don't want me to walk down, just shut the door. Whatever. God will reveal the divine wisdom to you in and through your life. Don't run away from your problems. Run straight into them, asking God to reveal himself to you, and the wisdom will be there. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for being generous and gracious. Thank you for the gift of Jesus, who is your wisdom embodied in human form. As we imitate Christ, we too will come to know the beauty of what it means to live a life rooted and grounded in your wisdom, not the wisdom of this world. And the thing about it is your wisdom is foolishness to this world. It really is. Staying quiet 
not being opinionated, not, not having something to say all the time about other people and their life choices, seems like foolishness to the world. Not, not pursuing more, bigger, better, but being content with what we have, this is, this is foolishness to the world, God. But your wisdom is what brings life and satisfaction and fulfillment. And so that is what we ask for in this moment. That by your spirit, you would illumine our hearts. Help us to to look out at life through the eyes of our heart, through eyes of love. And as we walk in this wisdom, help us, God, to make a positive impact in the lives of those around us. We're so grateful that you listen, that you hear our prayers, and that you give to us this wisdom that we ask for. In your son's name we pray, amen. All right, everybody. Love you. Have a great rest of the week. We'll catch you uh, next Sunday.